2: Good Tuesday to you. This is The Call. I'm Nadine Blaney and it's really nice to be here with you over the next 60 minutes. We will cover 10 stocks in details plus a bonus stock of the day with my two expert guests and uh, really pleased to welcome into the studio Rudy Philippe van Dyck who's joining us from FN Arena and Mark Gardner from MPC Markets. Good Hello afternoon. guys, nice to see you. Look at this combo. <laughs> I think we're going to have some fun. All right, um, you were chatting in the break. I don't mind saying I was overhearing, um, you know, Mag 7 really driving the narrative, but it appears as if Things
1: might be changing there. Yeah, it's been seen the broad, the broader cap. The, I think the Russells outperformed for three weeks in a row, which is big, about the only three weeks all year, pretty much. Yep. So. And the Russell was, being the small cap index in yeah, the U.S. Yeah. So and um, and we've sort of seen even seen the Dow outperform a little bit. So a little bit of a return to that normal, normal value, more traditional uh, stocks. So um, it's yeah, because our market's obviously struggle to uh, to keep pace with the U.S. So. uh, It's been nice to see a few of the, um, you know, the smaller downtrodden um, companies on the ASX sort of get a bit of a lift up um, over the last few weeks.
2: What do you think's happening now between now and the end of the year?
1: Low volume, up,
0: but low volume. And we've seen low volumes now for two years. Um, Are we gonna see higher volumes in in 2024? I think that's the big question. Low volumes doesn't mean share markets won't go up, but it does. It does mean you have these other typical bear market characteristics that just linger on for longer. Um, there's quite some experts out there that think that we should we should start piling in into value small cap stocks. Uh, that's why I get a little bit more cautious because you need money for that. I mean money coming in, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's maybe not necessarily the case. I mean. I know that share market investors, they always see everything from the perspective of equities. But uh, and I'm pretty certain that, that uh, Mark's uh, focus will be there as well. Fixed interest hasn't been this attractive in 10, 15 years, maybe even 20. Mm-hmm. A lot of money will go into fixed interest. That money is not going to go into small caps. Uh, that's the, the balance that we're looking at for next year. And I think that's the big question mark, I think, for next year.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're twenty five percent in in hybrids no. at the moment. It's a, you just get at seven point two percent after your franking credits, and why wouldn't you sit there? The average return of the stock markets around about eight, and this is relatively risk free. They're A rated um, banks, the A A rated um, credit from the banks here in Australia. So it um, sort of just forms a bit of a backbone of your portfolio. You can just sleep at night; you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So it um, you're not hunting around having to t- having to roll the dice uh, roll the dice to to make money like you have been when it's been zero interest rates and you were kind of forced into the stock market. Mm-hmm. And there's contracting mm-hmm. money supply. So, I mean, there's quantitative tightening going on, et cetera, so.
0: The other thing to point out, which obviously will get excited in the short term, but if you take a two-year two view, most indices haven't moved on two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if, you, if, if you left in 2021 and you come back today, you go like, nothing has much happened, has it? Because if you look at the index, mm. right, hasn't moved.
2: Well, the index and in individual companies are something quite different so let's get to that shall we in the first half hour of this program we will be discussing dicker data resmed there you go rudy mineral resources evolution mining which has a bit of news out today and ventia services but the stock of the day today is ipd group ticker code ipg now look at It's not earth-shattering news, but it has opened its retail entitlement offer to fund the purchase of CMI operations, which was announced earlier. So it's looking to raise $25 million uh, for the company, which it says will strengthen its product suite, supplier diversity, and overall value proposition. IPD says that it will result in earnings per share accretion of over 30% in FY23. So look, there wasn't... um, a lot of earth-shattering company news out today, but I, I think you hauled IPD Group, correct?
1: Yeah, we um, we ha- had it on the call. I hadn't really looked at it prior, and I had it on the call with um, Adam Dawes. Well, I think middle of last month, mm-hmm. and I was so impressed. We we put it into our portfolios, and obviously, then um, it, the, the further I looked into it, because it's in three really good growth areas. It's basically electrical engineering. The company's been around for a while, but hasn't been listed for that long, and essentially. It's you know it's ro- helping roll out the EV charging infrastructure, electrical engineering for industrial um, estates, etc., high and low voltage, um, and data centres as well. So it's three really great growth areas. Um, it's pretty consistently profitable as it is, um, and they I think the institutional cap raise I'm hearing that you know people were bidding and only getting six percent of the allocation. It was so oversubscribed. So. Um, the cap rate is at 393 so I would imagine the retail will be very oversubscribed but, um, and obviously EPS accredited almost immediately as well. So they're a very well run company um, in, in fantastic growth areas which are relatively stable. So um, it's one of the, the stocks we've got a little bit later, where we had an allocation to venture Services, which we we took some profit on and and shifted into this was which is a little bit smaller. So they're good yielders, they're very consistent businesses, but they've they've only really been listed for a few years each of them, um, and it's uh, the, I guess float under the radar. So
2: so would you buy it today at four dollars fifty one?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. So
2: that's a buy um, now at. What do you think, Rudy? I mean, is this sort of the EV narrative that you'd go for? Is this more traditional as well?
0: Well, as you could see from the price chart, <clears throat> small caps, micro caps, mid caps, they have not performed for two years, but this one has.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is just, there's probably a signal there for investors as well. The exceptions are those that, that uh, clearly have an identifiable uh, catalyst for the share price. I mean, whether this in this case is uh, the, the EV, it could also be the data centers, because they are also related to that and um probably because we are in a low volume environment um an observation to make is that if stocks go into the bear market with momentum they usually keep that momentum going so these ones were lucky they had momentum in the wings and momentum uh, keeps looking good on the share on, on the price chart so uh maybe something to point out here as well i have two stocks in portfolio which which had a capital raising not that long ago for, for equally for acquisitions, although I doubt whether any of those acquisitions would be 30% accretive. Um, but I've done, and I'm about to do very well, um, out of Steadfast and out of Car Group. Uh, car Group was, to me, was a, was a no-brainer, previous car sales. Uh, for memory, that was about like $19 or something. I mean, the share mm. price is so much higher mm. today. Um, so usually participating in these cap raisings on the on the assumption that acquisition will be well received, yeah. uh, that is really really a big bonus for your holdings, and that is obviously a big big thumbs up for if you're an investor instead of someone who just jumps on and off mm-hmm. on, on share prices. Um, in this case, I'm assuming. I'm also relying on, on Adam Dawes and on uh, on Mark's uh, expertise in this one. I'm assuming that if you if you take part in that in that uh, um, extra raising, you're you're going to do well as well. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it, I expected it. Obviously, um, you know, to be relatively heavy, and it rallied twelve percent the day the cap raise came through. So, it, that's that's pretty rare. Normally, you know, you, I guess playing in the mining sector quite a bit. You know, cap raises are usually yes. not for a great reason, you know. So, it was um, it was very well received, and um, and yeah, I, I sort of consider myself relatively lucky.
0: What what's the discount they're getting, Mark?
1: Well, it's three ninety three, so it's a four forty now. Yeah. It was so about four dollars twenty. It's a big discount yeah. now, big discount. so it'll be well. I, I mean, no, we've obviously b- told everyone to take, it to, to, to take it up. Absolutely, yeah. so yeah. We're, we're unlikely to be uh, to be getting a hell of a lot, I suppose, similar to the install investors. But um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of great, you know, positive price action signs um, from this company, yeah. and it has been a really consistent performer. I mean, yeah. It's been around for it's you know decades. On, on
0: the on the data, it looks very good. Mm. This might this might be surprising as well, given how well how well it has performed. Most valuations from people who cover the stock are a lot higher, than yeah. here, so it should be a buy. Yeah. So
2: it is a buy for you too. Yeah. There we go. We've got a double buy to start this Tuesday session of the call. All right. Let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers. Don't forget, this is information only. This is not financial advice. You do have to do your own research and take into consideration your personal circumstances. So that being said, Craig is first up. He's asked about Dicker Data, DDR is the ticker code. So we know the story of this company, founder-led enterprise distribution, uh, enterprise software dis- distributor, um, You know, has been a solid performer, still very much a uh, founder and executive held. Um, but I guess the question is always when we talk about Dicker Data is, are the margins enough for you, Rudy?
0: No, I'm not worried about the margins. I'm worried about the share price. Um, also something to point out as well they are the exclusive distributor of nvidia chips in australia mm. uh, always good to keep in mind and in cle- and clearly when when the focus shifts to cybersecurity. they're there in the top seat as well uh, this 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 one i own quite a big chunk of it uh, i was very fortunate um, and this also shows investors like you just sometimes um, need to be in a position that you can use the volatility of the share market to your, to your advantage. I mean, it, at the very bottom there, that's where I bought. Pretty lucky because normally you can't always time it like that, but my, needless to say, my returns have been extraordinary. Very, very well. So you're
2: going to sell, take some profits?
0: No, but uh, it, is, it is expensive here. Well, because I, I don't see it falling off a cliff either. And uh, as uh, volatility doesn't necessarily mean that you need to get out. And and if, if we do get, more upside into year-end, um, I mean, a little bit of a little bit of volatility to the downside doesn't, doesn't really upset me. It also pays a dividend. Um, and, and just to give you an idea, at the original price there at the lows, from memory, I think the dividend was something like 7 or 7.5%, which for me was a very attractive reason to go like, let's put this in the bottom drawer. Because if I keep measuring from, the, from my entry point, I have a very high dividend yield. And the dividends are supposed to increase, so I wouldn't chase it here. Um, but I would advise investors again: these are the type of stocks that you put on you put on your radar of the, or your wish list, and whenever the market has vol- goes volatile, takes cons- out favor. Or whatever, then yeah. you add it to your portfolio. But I wouldn't chase it here. It, it's actually quite quite expensive here, I think. But again, expensive can be relative if they if they Yeah, because um, sometimes you've
2: got to pay for quality.
0: And if the margins uh, increase, which nobody's really counting on, but they, it's possible. The one the one maybe the one negative to add is they, they have accumulated quite some debt. Mm-hmm. And some analysts are suggesting that they might actually get a re-rating if they decide not to pay out as much in dividend but, inc- so pay, down but, but pay down debt. But pay debt instead. So that might be
1: disappointing
0: for some investors, but it might translate it to a better share price.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, good one. Now what
2: is your view on Dicker
1: data? Yeah, look it is it's towards the top of the range, but it is one of those companies realistically. We I mean we generally have more of a top down and sector based focus at MPC and but there are, there are companies where you make exceptions because they'll just plough through and you know, many cycle, et cetera. So margins has always been the criticism of this company. Um, and you can sort of tell it's found a lead because this sort of shift. Uh, they made some key hires of some top cybersecurity experts have made an acquisition in cybersecurity. So okay. to, give you, to give you a comparison, um, uh, McAfee uh, in the US, their margins are 35 to 40%. So these guys are only about three and a half to four. So obviously, you know, that's where quite often those founders will find a way to address the criticism from shareholders where you know, that's an area where they've got a bunch of leads because they're already selling into a lot of businesses with the enterprise software and computers and things. It's not, not gonna be much for them to just- Tack, tack on cyber tack security. That on. And it will, you know, the bigger it gets, the more it's going to increase their margins. So um, I think that's a really good move um, at this stage. You just sort of see how it plays out. But it's a company that's executed. So I, I understand probably why it's trading at a premium. The dividend wouldn't concern me overly. It's, it's sort of, it's fairly low. I don't think. Um, I think you're probably you're buying this for growth rather than, mm. you know, rather than dividend, particularly with yields where they are at the moment. Um, I. I would probably agree with Rudy, though I'd probably try and if there's any sort of pullback in the market, try and buy it on a, buy it on a dip. but um, so it'll just be a hold for now, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty good quality business and I mean it's hard to find you know hard to find leads basically, and they've just got they've got a, a huge database of existing customers where they can just bolt on something that increases their margins. I think it's probably a pretty good future for them overall.
2: Got it. Thanks guys. It's Positive also, start.
0: They're a distributor. I mean, calls and woolies operate right on three percent. They're distributors, yeah? yeah. They're not they're not software vendors.
2: Yeah, well, Mark says that they might do something about that. All right, let's get to the next on the list. And this one is for Craig. Craig Resmed. Well, you've got a wrapped audience here. Rudy, over to you. I mean, is it still is it still just great? Great well, value well, now. Well, more let's than anything. Let,
0: let, let's start with the basics. I was I, I'm I'm a big shareholder in ResMed. I was a shareholder last year. I was a shareholder year before that. Yeah. I was a shareholder before and before that. So you get the picture. Um, I mean, I try to identify those companies that you that you can confidently have in the bottom drawer and you can have them in your portfolio for a long time. That doesn't mean that on occasion something can happen to the share price. I mean, that's what we basically have seen. Posts. COVID, uh, healthcare has been the laggard internationally, globally, so that's a general sector. Um, observation, uh, a lot of healthcare stocks in Australia have been absolutely dogs. Uh, just think about Integral Diagnostics, Helios, there's a few other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bit, um, there's, So, there's definitely been a, a diversion between quality and low quality. Now, ResMed is a quality company. Um, when something bad happens to it, um, I blame, to a certain extent, the low volume bear market we're in. That means that I mean, people who just simply know nothing about the company but trade on the price chart have more influence than they otherwise would have been. And then of course, I mean, we all get a little bit excited because someone has an in- injectable medicine somewhere. We can all lose kilograms yeah. without going to the gym and without watching our food. And, and clearly, we're all going to be very slim. Tomorrow, by just taking a pill a day, and there will Forever. be, and, and there yes. will, and, and there, <laughs> exactly, and there will be no more, no more snoring and no more uh, breathing problems at night, and um, and then Santa Claus comes home with the with the reindeers. mean, um, a lot of people are debating, uh, and everyone has an opinion, it's just like we all have an R's and a an nose, and the opinions don't don't matter for much. Um, and then the discussion is, it will never go back to $40, where it was, or $43. And then, obviously, that's, that's not the point. The point is, should the share price be at $21? I confidently can say no. And it's now up almost 16% from that level. Um, what's what's the, the road ahead? I have no idea, because that, that whole uh, GLP-1 drugs thing will still will, will still hover, but in the meantime, Um, Philips is again, remains in problems and that's the main competitor. Um, ResMed continues increasing its market share. It's now laying off staff. It will make sure that that margin improvement will Mm -hmm. come through. All I can say is- So
2: $24.56 today, would you buy it?
0: The only reason why I'm not buying is because I already have plenty of it. But otherwise- If you did not
2: own ResMed, that is a buy. So Mark, I don't think we've had a chance to speak about Resmaid. I actually haven't been on with you in a while.
1: <laughs> no, um, no, 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 I, I t- there's been so much talk about yeah. it. I've, t- I've tended to uh, not necessarily bring it up. Um, I've, written, I've written a couple of articles on it and just doing some, just some basic maths. And, and look, the, the hype around GLP-1 drugs aside, sleep, it's only maximum downside um, damage to sleep apnea, addressable markets, 18%. So if they lose absolutely every single one, um, it's only of 18 the, percent of the total addressable market anyway. There's what there's three competitors in this field, and one of them's not pretty much not open. So, And this is a $5.8 billion market currently, um, expected to be um, eight billion in the next couple of years. Um, uh, ResMed's revenue is 1.1 billion, and so it's just under 20 percent market share. Mm. So basically to make up for that 18%, percent, it's got to pick up four percent market share. So it's like, so this drop off is ridiculous. And, and I just think it's just, there's been a few stocks this year. I mean, CSL was one of them. They were, they're just long held market darlings and people just, I don't think ever considered an exit plan until the price got, until the price got was under pressure and then they panicked. And I think that's what's happened here. Um, We were lucky enough to not, held yeah. this and we were to get in down here um, and I So I did you back the truck up? Or? Yeah and, and with CSL as well we mm. just kept we just kept buying the whole way down mm. so it's and we're, and we're happy to hold them for you know at least a year or two and I have I've just no problems that they'll go back to 31 bucks or and beyond because so where, where they you still buy today, on. would you? Abs- absolutely. I mean, I, you, you may get a chance to get cheaper, but you should be putting some on today if you don't want to, if you want to try and get tricky because it, it broke up through $24.16, which was the high for oh, for about three months or three or four months. So this, it, technically now it's, it's, it's actually broken a little bit higher. This morning we had, you know, I think probably three months ago, the market could be up and Resmed was just was just under pressure. This morning it was CSL and Resmed were green and everything else was red. So that price action has now changed. And if you get a chance to buy a quality healthcare company into what is a potential, you know, slowdown next year, you're getting to buy non-cyclicals. At, a twenty-five pa. You just, I think, you do have to back up the truck realistically because then they're, they're priced as cheap as they've been for years, and and you and they're generally fairly recession-proof. So yeah, absolutely a buy for me.
2: Righto, off to a rip-roaring start. Let's <laughs> get to the next one on the list. This is mineral resources. This is for Tiasha. Thanks for writing in and requesting mineral resources. Looking at the broker moves, Rudy a buy from Citi, sell from UBS, downgrading its lithium price forecasts because that is where yeah. the conversation will yeah. go, right? Well,
0: it's lithium or, or it's iron ore.
2: Well, yeah. iron ore. And that's the thing is, um, yeah. has there been too much enthusiasm also built into the, the price of iron ore? Yes. Okay, um, so what do you do about mineral resources? Well, because again, yeah. Yeah. at Sorry. least you've got the diversification. So at, at
0: least, what you, well, what you have is probably, probably one of the highest quality mm-hmm. companies in that resources annex contractor space because they are a little bit both they're very entrepreneurial as well uh, but at the end of the day yes they, they do write sentiment in in both those key commodities um, at the moment um, i mean not even bhp and real and for the believe that iron will remain as high as this right now i mean um i recently had the pleasure of of, of talking to some bhp people and they they too have been taken by surprise internally i mean um, so I think we should all expect that at some point the iron ore price comes off. But maybe by then lithium is going up again because lithium at the moment is absolutely being, being yeah. absolutely trashed, which gives you that idea. from It's very difficult to um, to, to, put, to put an exact timing on these things when it comes to these commodities because they can turn on a dime. Personally, it's not my uh, not my uh, preferred. Uh, way of investing, because I like companies that have a little bit more control over things and they don't have control over the price of their of their resources, of course. But the um, golden rule when, when investing in commodities is you buy them when they're down, mm-hmm. not, not when they're up. And, and as you can see from the chart, the mineral resources is down quite a lot. So for investors with the right risk appetite, I think you can start nibbling here.
2: Nibble! That is a Oh, I, all right, Mark, I don't know why I got so excited about that. I think it's just because it's a Tuesday and I'm keeping myself entertained. But I mean, There'll be some really um,
1: people out there who are holding lithium stocks at the moment. Yeah, yeah,
2: well, I mean, but the question is, if you don't have them in your portfolio, you know, would it be a good time to buy mineral resources?
1: Well, it, I mean, further to the point, we hold this just on the back of the fact that we don't really have the iron ore companies at the moment are pretty expensive. you know, Fortescues, your Rio's, and your VHPs yeah. um, compared to these guys. And yes, they've they've, um, yeah, they've they've got the poor sentiment from the lithium. But we did a bit of digging into both iron ore futures and lithium futures. The open interest is like 15% or less. Like. These things are sold on for direct forward contracts. They're not so. They're not delivered at, at like an exchange level. So, I think the, the prices that are you can quite often see. Uh, Pilbara's got their own uh, that BMX platform. They quite often sell well above. Um, well above the price of, that it's trading in futures, obviously, people will pay for um, they'll pay a premium for reliable supply, etc. So,
2: just for the viewers, so what you're saying is don't become obsessed with, with what the, you're hearing about the future price the for th- lithium and what that actually translates into what these, yeah, those markets are very are contracting,
1: th- yeah, the, the markets are very, very thin. So, um and Further to the BHP point, you know, it's they, they sort of don't believe it either. But these things seem to overextend because there's extraordinarily low volumes, they're not deliverable. Um, FEX, which is a, an exchange here in Australia, tried to launch an iron ore contract, and essentially because everyone was just dealing direct with their suppliers, mm-hmm. it just didn't really work. So, I, and they're very they've only been around for 18 months, the, these futures contracts, as well. It's very hard to get access to the exchange, it's you know, it's um. It's it's I wouldn't be I would be ignoring the the whiffiness of the price um, etc. and and your entire investment thesis can't be based on those. So prices. you're looking
2: at mineral resources from a fundamental point of yeah, view. Yeah,
1: the the prices will probably level out somewhere you know in the in the um, somewhere in the middle. The exchange that has the futures is actually really concerned about. Um, they're actually setting upside um, caps on daily gains because they're worried about a short squeeze happening and the volumes will be too thin. So. When I mean, they Chris Ellison and the management team there have got an extraordinary track record of going in finding a resource building it up farming it out and keeping the production rights and I can't see them doing you know this is not a it's not a two-year thing lithium um, I think there, it'll be a um, and it's obviously a long-term thematic. So is so is I know is going to be as well, um, and they're and they're fantastic operators. So, I think you know this is sort of the sky's falling mentality at the moment. And look, UBS downgraded with a really vague. 2030 view on lithium prices and things. Um, so we're just basically just waiting for Goldman's and, and uh, Morgan Stanley to come in with a downgrade I think to, already, to set the buy they've, signal off. Well, we, yeah, yeah, we've so. lived through this before with lithium as well. Yes,
2: okay, so yes. are you calling mineral resources a buy?
1: I think it's a buy, yeah. I don't. It, it will likely be a painful trade and be very whippy but um, I think if you just dollar average and you're sensible with it, you can rely on and, and mm. have faith in management. I think it's, a, it's always proven itself to be a high quality, co- well run company.
2: Thank
0: you. So don't underestimate, downturns in commodities can last longer than, than, yes, than, the, than the three of us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get to the next on the list. And it's become more interesting. So we already did have Evolution on the list of stocks to discuss today. Thank you, Arthur. Um, but today we've got Evolution saying that it will be acquiring an 80% interest in the North Parks copper gold mine and also along with that, announcing a $525 million equity raising. Um, We've got a lot of enthusiasm clearly about the price of gold as well, but I just wanted to put to you both, this is an email that's come in live from a viewer, hi Paul, I hope you're listening or watching, Um, saying he wants your opinion on whether he should participate in the recently announced SPP. Um, He reckons it's the first big deal, well it is, uh, since Newmont's acquisition of Newcrest on the ASX, um, and he's done his reading, saying it will raise the group's copper exposure as well. He says about 30%. I don't want to be quoted on that because I haven't read all of the detail myself. Um, but we've got an acquisition of North Parks happening, a share, um, you know, an equity raise to help fund it. And um, yeah, it looks like it will say that it's an immediate cash generating asset to calendar year 2023 cash flows. Mark.
1: Uh, That acquisition makes me more inclined to like this company obviously because I think we we had numbers of nearly 50% increase in um, copper production. Uh, Management and evolution flagged that they wanted to you know shift their um, you know shift their mix towards copper um, you know as well as obviously you know they're primarily gold here at the moment. Um, I think their, their total. I mean, they produce for $930 an ounce, all in costs. So, and obviously, we've hit record highs in gold uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think, I, I suppose, if you've got your underlying, your primary underlying has got, got a bid tone and probably going to head back through, through those record highs again. Um, and then. I think this acquisition then diversifies them for when there's, you know, when the copper prices start to turn around as well. Well,
2: the copper price has actually been improving.
1: Yeah, yeah it's come, well, coming off a Coming it's off coming a low off base, lows, but, but yeah. Um, but yeah, when we do have these, you know, we've got a couple of the largest mines in the world for copper coming, basically coming to their end life mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. And it depends on whether you, what you want to read, but how, how dire the situation is. Uh, but I like that diversification and, if you know as long as the underlying remains bid and keeps going up i i would say that you probably want to participate in that um in the sbp because it's not you know you, what the worst thing you can possibly do is you know you put in your money and then the whole thing turns around on you and um so i yeah i would i would we're not massive gold bugs by any stretch of the imagination no, but you
2: don't usually like gold
1: no, at all. No, yep. not at all. Um, but the, <laughs> but obviously the the increase in the copper really um, really I mean, intrigues us a little bit more. So it's not to say gold won't go up. It won't necessarily go up. Um, it uh, it's just not. We'd rather play it in other areas. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, it would be a hold at best for me, uh, mm. if, just on the basis of our. General view on gold, but this would—if we were to buy gold, this would probably be one of the first ones to buy. All right,
2: thank you. So, would you participate in the SPP first of all, for Scott, who's just emailed in?
1: Uh, well, let's let's start with the beginning. I own gold.
0: I don't own, own gold producers. You own
2: ETFs, don't you? I
0: have a yes. I have a different risk profile, so I, I can see the value of having some exposure to gold. I think, considering where risk sits in the global global picture, I think you it's probably good to have always a little bit of gold. And i increased my gold holdings last year and I'm benefiting from that this year. But also good for viewers to understand there's a difference in risk profile. See, when gold is out of favor, my ETF might be down by like, I don't know, six, seven, eight percent or something like that. If I own a gold producer, I might be down 30, 40 percent. So that's the damage I take. In the good times, admittedly, I think maybe my ETF is up 15, 20 percent this year. Some of the producers might be up a lot more. So I'm, I'm not un, too unhappy because I don't join in the, in the heavy, heavy losses in the downturns and I have less upside in the upturns. I'm happy with that because that's why I own gold, because I don't have company specific exposure. Imagine you have the wrong gold miner in the, in the good times and you're really, really, really unhappy. Now, having said so, I don't know this particular asset, but I can see the, the logic of, um, of having more exposure to copper years ahead. Not necessarily in the in the immediate term because we might still get a big slowdown in the world, and and that all else being equal, if we don't get interruptions on the supply side, it doesn't mean that's going to happen on the gold or, or on the on the copper price. I mean, gold there's more there's more there's more probably in favor of it if the US dollar comes down, bond deals come down, might get tough times in the US. Party for gold. Mm-hmm. So I can see that logic, and I would probably if if. Arthur has a, has a long-term view and is confident about, uh, about what management is doing longer term, yes, you would participate in the extra shares and uh, put them in the bottom drawer. And then you wait for the uh, for, for, uh, direction to turn for copper. It'll happen at, just like with lithium, it'll happen mm-hmm. at some point. But maybe not necessarily the first or the second quarter next year.
2: Okay, so um, participate in the SPP if you're an existing yes. shareholder. Would you be buying Evolution Mining today?
0: No, I would hold it
1: sign
2: Agreeing, Yeah, I like it. All right, let's get to, we're only on number five, that's okay, plenty of time, because you've already sort of said what you think about Ventia Services VNT, mm. fifth stock picked by Adam, who says he'd like opinions on the experience and quality of the management team, not a shareholder, but has an increasing interest in the company. So Mark, you know this company because you have been a shareholder,
1: still are a shareholder? We still are a okay. shareholder. We just, we basically, we, we want to keep our exposure um, around that sort of seven to 10%, Mark, in these industrials at the moment. and. We We basically trimmed um, this is a much larger company than um, IPG so we just trimmed out for uh, for profits here because we're we're reaching near record highs um, and just jumped into IPG so they're they're same same but different they're they're, um, these guys are in digital solutions asset management engineering services etc they I think they do work for Transurban they do work for a lot of councils and the Defence Force etc they're really essential services um, basically that uh, you know that you're gonna you're gonna need whether we go into a recession or not because mm-hmm. things have to be rubbish needs to be taken away and tidied up and etc. So, um, and it's got a great fully franked dividend yield. It's a 14 PE um, and it's obviously sitting at the top of the range. So it's been cheaper. Um, in terms of their management team, I had a quick look through. Their CEO is. He's had 15 years at the helm of, um, you yeah, know, global infrastructure construction firms and service firms, so very experienced and, and looking down at list even further everyone seemed to have at least 15 to 20 years experience in their particular field or division that they were they were running so it looks like it looks to me like a very solid team and this company's been around for longer than much longer than it's been listed mm-hmm. so um, I, they know what they're doing essentially and, uh, and I think they've got a very large pipeline of um, upcoming projects so it, um, it just failed a couple of times here around about this 310 level and we saw another opportunity if we didn't if we didn't see IPG we'd still probably hold quite a bit um, because it's I, th- I don't really see a reason why it's going to get hit too hard in a downturn so would you buy today uh, I wouldn't buy today I think it, it does it, it there'd be a lack of catalyst I would say until next earnings season um, which is another thing that sort of contributed to to a trim um, because it's not it's not a particularly exciting company. It just, you know, it does all the all the boring jobs that need to be done. So, um, and everything they're they're good communicators. Everything that they've wanted to say has been said. So, unless they put, shoot the lights out in March, um, I, you don't necessarily need to be there. There
2: you go to hold, Ready? S-
0: since they're listed, I've, I on a regular basis see see the combo trucks passing by and their Ventia mm-hmm. services. I go, oh, listed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do that
0: too. Um, yeah, <laughs> Like freaks, uh, nerds, don't we have anything better We're finance nerds, oh, we okay. are, proudly. Um, the one thing, that, I, mean, I, I sort of can back up market this. I mean, every time people talk about this and they all have a good reputation, they're all positive about it. But I had a look this morning and I just have a look at, at consensus forecasts. actually quite low in terms of growth. So while this company is in the right position, it has the right management, it does all the right thing, has a great track, record, blah, blah you look forward and you go like, yes, the P is not too high, but you go like, there's not that much priced in in terms of growth. So I don't follow this company that closely that I know why that is, but uh, picking up on, on Mark's boring company, if, if you're supposed to grow by two or 4%, then you go, yeah, that's quite boring. That's not very mm. exciting. Uh, so on that basis, I, I have to be a little bit hesitant here as well. I would, I would say it's a hold at best, uh, unless at some point, uh, maybe they, they earn more contracts or that base that, that picks up or margin increase or whatever. Yeah. But I, at this point, I don't know why, but I can only say m- consensus is not expecting much in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. That means given the size of the company, not much has to happen before costs negative
2: no yeah right? and you know opportunity cost when you're in something
1: that's not growing. the length of their contracts is very yes. extended as well mm. so a lot's very much priced in i think once they when when they sign their mm. sign their contracts it's it's yeah. extraordinarily transparent so yeah. it uh, i think it I think it will likely stay very priced uh, to perfection Mm. from the analysts because they've got all the data.
2: Okay. All right, guys. Look, let's sum up what we've learned so far. So the stock of the day was IPG, IPD Group. And guess what? It is a double buy. Mark put his money where his mouth in. He says it's a consistent performer. And uh, yeah, Rudy would participate in the uh, in the retail entitlement as well. Dicker Data, it is a hold for both of my guests. Not that they don't like the company, it's quality. It's just, it's a bit Xy right now to buy today. And you could see volatility tech company in the share price, so you'd want to pick it up. Uh, you know, on any sort of a a pullback, and Rudy, he owns it as well. ResMed, we know that Rudy owns it. He would be buying today as well. It's a buy for Mark as well. Um, He says that, you know, the share price fall was just ridiculous. So sometimes you get these opportunities to buy these really quality companies. And in that case, you do want to back the truck up. All right, Mineral Resources, it's a buy for Mark. It's a nibble. So that's a buy for Rudy. Um, (laughs) Mark has faith in management. So yes, there are Fluctuations in the price of the underlying commodity, and Rudy says I can go on longer than we all expect, but um, you you wanna buy these companies when the share price is down and the share price is down right now. All right, Evolution Mining. Yes, participate in the SPP if you're an existing shareholder. Hold, though, you need to buy it today. Inventia Services, it is a hold for Mark, and it's a hold at best for Rudy, you just heard why. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the next companies on the list. Tabcorp, Global X, Physical Silver ETF, Adbride, Domino's, and Brickworks, all coming up. We gotta get a move yeah. on, guys. Let's start with yeah. Tabcorp. Rudy, uh, no. Nah. Nah, any nah. reason to own Tabcorp?
0: Very unexciting, and they actually they, they uh, spun off the most exciting part of the business. Um, as far as I can see, nobody likes it. So the only thing to like it is, is, is the price, uh, the, the lo- low valuation. But um, if that's the only thing you have to offer, uh, you're not in my camp. I, I prefer to buy strong companies at a reasonable price instead of buying um, not so great companies mm, at a cheap it's price. It's
2: really painful looking chart, yes. isn't it Mark?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole. Uh, when they split off TLC, I think just about—I had it on the call a couple of times—and yeah. was unanimous. You just sell your TA- TAH and buy, put it straight back into yeah. TLC, and I think you would have done pretty well. Um, yeah, this is just—it's they purposely split this out. It's an aging part of the business.
2: Yeah, so what happens to Tabcorp? Well,
0: they'll get it right at some stage. They're investing more and more in online and they have to get the mix. But these things always take time Mm -hmm. and you just have to question whether in that time you need to be there. And the answer is no.
2: So I don't know. This was for Gabby. I don't know whether she's already holding it, Mm. but you know, if you're, what you're saying is this could be a value trap for quite some time.
1: I think so. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, don't buy things just because they look cheap necessarily.
1: Mm, yes.
2: All right, let's get to the next one on the list. This might be interesting. It's the Global X Physical Silver ETF, EP. E-T-P-M-A-G. So this has been picked by Aaron. So I understand why silver would be getting um, renewed attention because we've got all of this focus on gold and silver can sort of go car- parabolic when you see what's happening with gold.
1: Yeah, but that's, I mean, this is how we play gold essentially. Yeah. So we, we just, we, we put it as the store of value trade mm-hmm. um, and uh, essentially gold will do better in a geopolitical crisis. Um, and you'll see the gold-silver ratio shoot through the roof. At the moment, gold-silver ratio over the last 50-year average is very high and in a situation where US dollar is going to drop and and we've peaked in interest rates and bond yields going to come back down, silver will play catch up really, really quickly uh, to gold. So I think we're we're sitting about 10%-odd below where the equivalent of where gold busted through those record highs. The recent highs in silver, so essentially, and look, we like it because there's a there's a supply demand curve. It's increasingly being used in solar. Um, China's looking at doubling their solar, um, even after uh, reaching their solar targets five years early. Um, they're looking at doubling that renewable, um, and it's used a lot in that. Um, it's used a lot in electronics and things as well. So, it's yeah, we we like it from a demand point of view we like um we done the renewals point and obviously if that store of value trade turns nasty you you're not you're not risking as much um as well so and look we obviously get asked a lot about you know should we have gold in the portfolio mm-hmm. My view isn't, you know, is an absolute. Um, you know, isn't the absolute opinion. So, we just try and find a better way for for our clients to represent that view, and we just think that silver is. Well, the
2: silver it, has know. underperformed gold for a long Absolutely, time, yeah. so there's a lot of talk that it could be time for catch up. Um, you like the industrial application that, as well.
0: That's how it works. Um, so if people ask me, should I have some gold before? Go, yes, you do. Uh, you just have to decide how much. No, right? mm. um, so, the, what I explained earlier with the difference between gold and gold producers, it's similar Mm. between gold and and silver. So apart from the the industrial applications, which are much less of an influence with gold, but what you need to get silver going is you need the so-called financial investor to jump in. And they look at geopolitical risks, they look at uh, interest rates, they look at uh, bond deals and all of that. And of course on on US debt. So So it's the same principle. I mean, in, in the not so great times, Gold might more stand its ground, but not really do much. And then you see silver underperforming, and it can be underperforming by quite a lot uh, at times. So if we now assume that we see uh, lower bond deals in the US, we see uh, lower US dollar, uh, uh, geopolitical stresses are not going to go away, uh, we might actually see the share market concord at some point. Then. If gold goes for a good time ahead, then silver should catch up and outperform gold, it's similar to the gold producer. So you get a higher risk profile, potentially a higher return. If that scenario doesn't pan out, you're looking at a higher disappointment than, than you do with gold. And that's basically the long and the short of it. See, I sit in the middle. I, I don't necessarily go for the highest potential return because I'm happy that I, that I don't have the highest potential losses when mm-hmm. it turns out in the opposite scenario. So. The only thing I can say to, to whoever asked the question is, if you're confident that bond yields come down, Fed will start cutting rates, uh, US dollar will come down, by all means go for it because you will have a higher return, mm. potentially. If that somehow doesn't go into a straight line or that doesn't pan out, be be, be careful, but you also have much, much higher losses. And that's simply how it
1: works. Mm. And In a so geopolitical it's, no. um, situation, they, there is a tendency for to buy gold and sell and sell silver so it is very much horses for courses we i mean we tend to be quite active so it's you know for us it's not that it's not that much of an issue to manage it but if um buying for the long term you 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 know you might want to consider either buying both and not making that choice because it it will, you know, you will obviously get some of the extra uh, pickup. And this one's obviously just physical as well. Same as what Rudy's, uh, the way Rudy invests in gold. So I, we're not, we don't hold any silver um, producers. And
0: for those who think that Warren Buffett is God, he twice lost his pants on silver <laughs> and, and, and said, I'm never going to buy silver.
2: Again.
0: <laughs> so would you hold it? If you no, no you, you can't, these things you can't really hold, like you either go in mm-hmm. or you or you stay on the sidelines. Okay, so you're on
2: the sidelines for this I'm one. I'm on the sidelines Got it. One. All right, let's get to the next on the list. And this is adbry ABC. This is for, for Dika. Um I'll start with you, Rudy, on this one. So building supply.
0: Never been a big fan, uh, traditionally always regarded as a so-called defensive in the building industry. And then the wheels came off. Um, I'm, not, I'm still not a big fan. I know the share price is a lot lower. Uh, there might be a little bit of relief here and there, but uh, there's so much happening in the market that they don't really have under their under their direct control. And they obviously, trans. I mean, they are migrating to a better business and all of that. It just takes too much time. I'm not there. Uh, don't 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 necessarily jump on stock prices because they look cheap in comparison to the past. Um, this is a this is a company that, that is in struggle.
1: Struggle Street or no? Yeah, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of it either. I'd rather you know, borrel. I think mm-hmm. in, I think they've they've managed to make the. I mean, the building we're in is the first large scale building built with the environmental borrel mm-hmm. cement. So. Um, and these guys are these Australian companies are restricted by environmental um, regulations, whereas the imports are not. So it's almost like a reverse tariff against them, to be honest. So I think that's I think it's really unfair on the company. But the bottom line is, is that unfair doesn't count when you're investing. So um, I would yeah I would probably have a look at Borrel if you want to invest in, in this sort of thing. Um, but it's yeah definitely not for us.
2: Okay, there we go. Ad that was quick. Let's get to the next on the list. That's an interesting one, mm-hmm. Domino's Pizza. Mm-hmm. This has been picked by Alex. So uh, getting its test in order, potentially, um, lower input costs mm-hmm. as well. It was a bit of a struggle there for Domino's Pizza for a while. Um, but you know, slowing consumer and all the rest of it obviously operates mm-hmm. in many different geographies as well. And I know that Domino's always has a reason if things are not going well, be it a hot summer, no footy on in Europe, people using their air conditioning so um, mm. you know based on the latest batch of information we have from Domino's and your assessment of the economy
1: what do you think? Uh, it's yeah it, because it's expanding globally um, I just think there's too many uncertainties overall and then and they're, they're generally price takers it's a little bit like Collins Food Group like they're, they're a price taker at the, at, the, at the consumer end and they're also a price taker in terms of their input costs and Margins are a pretty important thing, you know, at the moment. And if you don't have control over either end of your of your prices, well, it's it's going to make it harder to control your margins. So um, whether they go well in Europe with their expansion, etc., and you know, who knows? Um, because I, it's not it's it really they're almost a technology business, and and I think when they, you know, if they get it right,
2: what uh, I haven't heard that in a while in relation to Domino's. Uh, but oh, no. they
1: they have a pretty good. You know, they're squeezing the last drop of blood out of a stone in terms of getting, you know, Mm -hmm. getting your pizza. Um, But yeah, I don't think I want to be investing in a company that doesn't have much control over their margins and is expanding when there's a potential economic downturn. So I, I just probably wait on the sidelines and 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 just, be probably it's more of a stock for a bull market i would have thought which you can probably see by the chart there um you know yeah did really well in a bull market and not so good after that so um i would probably wait till you've got some absolute certainty we'll get an extended value
2: yeah and it's concerning when in the last i think it was a full year report saying that customer ordering frequency has declined when really this is still you know the value end of the food no, chain. No,
0: well, that's that's where they that's where they went wrong, and they really got punished for it. So mm-hmm. they increased their prices, well, yeah. and, and then noticed that their audience basically went like, nah.
2: Yeah, I, and, I agree, because I used to and, do the $5 and, pizzas, but yes. it's a lot ch- cheaper than going down to Manly Beach and having two pizzas for $60, which I did the other week. And I can you know. feed
1: You've <laughs> Eight kids on a Friday night with Dominos. like 40 bucks <laughs> yeah. or something. Come so. to the pub in Redford.
2: <laughs> well, I should get out more, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, but anyways. But you're right, you're, uh, right. Okay.
0: you're right. Anyway, management has made has made errors, and they are, the are share pies has paid for that, and, and they're, they're trying to rectify that. Long story short, Domino's are technology I haven't heard that since 2019 I think. I think, the, I think it's fast food uh, but it's, it's, it's much more complicated internally because they have franchises they have different countries yeah. they, they um, need to grow pretty fast and keep their keep their margins from, from rising that's why you see the share price going in the good times but they cannot allow themselves to get a little bit in a, in a lagging situation which they've now been. I think it's a hold here and, you, and you're sort of counting on the fact that management will get it right. They, I, I believe they just signed a new cheese deal because input costs are very important for them. And so that cheese deal probably keeps the input costs, at least where cheese is concerned, limited. But you can't confidently say that they will get it right. So I think it's a hold here, but you can hold it because if they if they successfully get their margins up and growth going again, then you then you can have a, a much higher share price in, in quite a quick, mm-hmm. quick succession mm-hmm. of time, but we don't know that at this point in time, and I'm not too confident about that for the short term either.
2: Okay, so it's also you know restructuring the businesses, reducing costs, reinvesting in the franchisees. You don't like it when there's restructures going <sighs> on, do you?
0: They, they, they take longer than you think they do, and as I said, it's 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 Domino's Looks very simple from the outside. I mean, it's. Pizzas, Pizza. but internally it's mm. quite a complicated business.
1: Yeah. And the list you just came up with, just off the cuff, there, like, mm. it's not good, it, There's multiple, multiple things that, that need to be managed constantly, and it, yeah. Whereas something like um, yeah, one of the, uh, which one of the first stocks, uh, Dikadar. Dikadar. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they have got one problem, probably margins, and mm. then you know they're seeking to fix it. Whereas. It's got less No, big value.
0: data has a second problem. People, people are buying less PCs. But that should at some point kick off again. So.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we went back to the beginning there for a moment. <laughs> Let's go back to the last on the list. Um, Brickworks. This has been picked by Maddie. So maybe we should have done it with AdBry because yeah. it could potentially, you know, offer a compare and contrast.
0: Look, like, officially, same label, same sector, in practice.
2: Very, very
0: different we're, property.
2: We're,
0: oh, so different! I yeah, mean, yeah. um, I like them for the fact that they have that uh, joint venture with Goodman Group, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, does them really, really well. Um, they have, however, they have flagged that they, they they are facing more difficult times ahead. That's what you see in the share price. Um, so, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have too too high expectations for for the for the months ahead. But I'm also assuming that if you're an investor. And you have a long-term view that uh, you can just sit on this and you and you wait for better times to arrive. That that would be my view, but I would I would also argue not too high expectations for the time being because they
1: themselves have flagged that mm-hmm. it's not going fantastically.
2: So you just hold it. You wouldn't yes. be buying. All no. right. What do you think?
1: Uh, this is, this and salt pads is sort of depending on which one when the market gets hit, depending on which one gets to for well, most carried away to the downside, mm. is a pretty simple play. They're just they are they are super reliable. They've got fifty year plus track records. Um, they're about seventy percent on property, twenty two percent's their Solpads, pads. Mm. Um, I think it's about eight, eight odd percent in uh, in building. Uh, I think we've two uh, percent of which is in America, and they've teamed up with best in class with Goodmans as well. So this is one of my favourites to, or, or sol pats to when the market is panicking is. And people are just being ridiculous and selling out. It's just a great one to buy because if the market recovers, so will this. Solpats did it last year where it was really under the pump, and basically it was a very easy play, sort of late last year into um, into mid this year. And it's a um, so just because of the the management, even though it's been multi-decades of 50, you know 50 odd years of track record, they just it, it's been multiple management's, but. They seem to get it continu- continuously, get it right. So I don't know whether I necessarily need to buy it here. It's, but it's it's a twenty five dollars. Yeah, high on the shopping list um, for us when when the market um, goes a little bit chicken little.
0: The, the difference in quality, you see it over the longer one. Brickworks will always beat at buy. Yeah, in longer term.
1: Yeah, they don't, they're not even in the same. Planet, I don't think. To be honest, so it's strange that those labels. You need to dig down into the subsectors quite a lot yep. sometimes.
2: All right. Well, we've got a few for the shopping list. We've got a few for the buy list. So let's just review what we've learned in this. The second half of the program. Tabcorp wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole. I guess we don't need to go further than that. That was from <laughs> Mark, and I think it was just a nup from Rudy, so really helped us make up some time there, guys. Thank you. Um, The silver ETF, uh, that's a buy for Mark. That's how he gains exposure to the precious metals. It's an alternative to gold, likes the industrial use, but it's an avoid for Rudy. You've heard how he chooses to invest. Um, Adbry, it's an avoid for both of my guests. Domino's hold, I guess, for Rudy. Um, But look, Mark just doesn't think there's any need to be there. Too many uncertainties, too many variables, and lately hasn't been doing crash hot at managing them all and brickworks you just heard what the guys had to say so don't need to buy it today but have it on your list watch for a pullback um you know really solid company and Safest houses, maybe, in, in some sort of a market downturn. Aw, oh, no. oh, had to. Okay, so that is the end of the program. Rudy Van Dijk, FN Arena. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And Mark Gardner from MPC Markets as well. Thank really you. good to see you again. We're taking a short break. Stay with us. The Pulse is coming up next. We'll get you across all you need to know about the day in markets today. And if you'd like us to nominate a company to speak of, we'd love to hear from you. It is ausbiz.co forward slash callpix. <laughs>